Excuse my voice this morning. I've, I've, um, I'm, I'm not going to lie, struggling a little. I may have hollered a little bit last night at the bull riding. Um, at Abigail's playing bulls and barrels. I may have screamed a little more than I thought I did. Um, so that is starting to show up. I caught it a little bit during Sunday school, and now it's getting me for sure now. So bear with me. We're going to get through this, and we're going to talk about a subject that all of you are familiar with. If you would, turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 1. Before you get there, what is the book of Hebrews chapter 11 all about? Tell me. Faith. Faith. This... this um, as best I can tell, currently, will be the subject of, or not necessarily the subject of, but it will be mentioned in um, a few sermons to come. We'll look at some different aspects of it. This is something that you're not a stranger to. It's something that um, even uh, Kevin has been preaching on over the last few weeks. I went back and looked at my notes of where he, where I, that I took while he was preaching, and and he's been kind of touching on this as well. <clears throat> but we're going to get a little bit. We're going to scratch the surface this morning, and then continue as we go. Hebrews chapter eleven, starting in verse one. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we do humble ourselves before You just to say thank You for this great opportunity that You've given us to be in Your house this morning. We pray, God, that You would open our hearts and minds to Your message. I, I pray that You would hide me behind the cross, that You would allow only Your words and Your intents and Your desires to come out of my mouth this morning. I pray that You just use me as a vessel to carry Your message. Father, I thank You, I love You, and I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Faith, a subject that, that you've heard a lot about. I, I know if you've been coming here any amount of time at all, we, we've talked about faith and we, we mention it, we preach it, we teach it. It's important. It's very important. Why, why so much about faith? Why, why is it that you hear from us so much about faith? Scroll on down to verse 6. Hebrews 11 verse 6. Look at what this says. Now this is a great big bold statement that you don't need to miss. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. It is impossible to please God without faith. Sometimes you come across things in Scripture, some across, 
things that God has spoken to you personally. You find it in a Sunday school lesson. You find it in a song. And it's something that you just want to talk about all the time. And you feel that it's some reason it is the most important thing you've seen in a long time. And it's at the front of your conversation. And that's what faith is to me right now. God has shown me in His Word, in my personal studies, the most important thing that you and I... You can't please God without faith. It's going to be pretty important because our goal in this life is to please God. So if it's impossible to obtain our number one goal without it, it's pretty important. Things that are repeated are important. Things that are repeated are important. And you may someday see them on the test. I learned that from my 8th grade science teacher. There's three things from that man that really stick out today. Things that, are report, things that are repeated are important. Bath is, oh, soap is not necessary to take a bath. Bad things always happen to somebody else. My, my now brother-in-law's dad taught me those things in 8th grade science. Things that are important are repeated. Things that are repeated are important. He said that first day of school. Got in his class. We're going to learn how to take notes in here. Things that are important will be repeated. The things you hear repeated are important. And I thought, boy, he sounds serious when he said that. Military kind of guy, you know. And I thought, I think I'll just, I think I'll just get my little pencil and my little piece of paper. And everything he repeated, I wrote it down. If he said it more than once, I, the second time I heard it, I wrote it. The first test comes up for his class. And I, I'm telling you now, this guy, he's, he's kind of a hardcore kind of dude. And I thought, man, the last thing I want to do is let him down. So I went home and studied those notes, just what was repeated. I made a hundred on the test. And ever since then in my life, that has stuck with me. Things that are repeated are important. If you hear it more than once, pay attention. If you hear it more than once, pay attention. This isn't the first time you've heard about faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. You can't do it. It won't happen. So you need to have an understanding of faith and what faith is. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Ephesians chapter 2. Verses 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. For by grace you have been saved. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Do you already see the importance of faith? And, a, and a, how important it would be to have an understanding of what faith is and to know what faith looks like. You can't please God without it, and it's through faith that you are saved. So in other words, if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ, it's through faith that you got there. It's pretty important stuff, right? Keep reading that. For by grace you have been saved through faith, 
and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. By grace through faith. It's a gift. By grace through faith. Your salvation, it's pretty important. Looking to me like faith is pretty important. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. 2 Peter 1. Here's what Peter did when he found something that looked really important to him. <clears throat> a few years ago, a couple years ago, somewhere back, Brother Kevin did a series of messages on our, on, on our spiritual growth chart. You remember that? I mean, there was even a, a big old growth chart right over here. And he preached right here. He started actually in verse uh, 5, and actually in verse 1, but verse 5 is where the meat of it was, and he preached through this thing. I mean, for a long time, that's what we talked about in here, was this growth chart. And then if you go to the end of that growth chart, in verse 12, Peter says this, For this reason I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. I'm going to keep reminding you of this. Now look at what he says next. Though you know and are established in the present truth. I know that you already know about it, he said. I know you've already heard it. I know you already know exactly what I'm fixing to say. But I will not be negligent. I will not neglect. I will not be neglect, neg negligent to remind you even though you already know and I know you already know. Okay? I will not be negligent to remind you about faith, even though I know that you already know, even though I know we talk about it a lot, even though I know you've already heard most of this, I will not be negligent to remind you. You hear me? I will not, because this is important stuff. You Look how important Peter thought this was. You are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right as long as I am in this tent. Some translations say in this body. As long as I'm alive. To stir up by reminding you. I think it is important as long as I live. As long as I'm here. To stir this up inside of you by reminding you to keep it on the forefront of your thoughts as long as I live, as long as God gives me the ability to stand in this pulpit and preach to you, I think it's important for me to keep you stirred up on the subject of faith. It's that kind of important. He goes on. Knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, knowing I'm fixing to die, Knowing my time is limited. Knowing my days are numbered. Look at this. Just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. Peter said it's so important that I must continually remind you and keep you stirred up while I'm here. And it's so important 
knowing that my days are numbered and my life on this earth is short. And it's so important that after I'm dead and gone, I want to make sure you've got a reminder of these things. Now whatever he was talking about, he seen as pretty important, didn't he? Whatever, whatever he was just talking about was important. So important that not only will I spend my time in this body reminding you about it, but when I'm dead and gone, I'm going to leave a reminder behind. I don't want you to ever forget about it. It must have been pretty important. You know what the first thing in that list of things was? Verse 3, But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. And he goes on from there. I will not be negligent as long as I'm in this body to remind you of the things that God shows me as being important to you. Because see, one day I'm going to stand before God just as we all will. <clears throat> Except I'm going to be a little responsible for all of you. Not whether or not you made good decisions, and that's not on me, that's on you. But whether or not I told you what was right, whether or not I delivered the message that God asked me to deliver, I'll be responsible for that. And I don't know about you, but the last thing on this earth, or our last thing in eternity, that I want to know is that God was somehow disappointed in me. So therefore... As long as I'm in this body and after I'm dead and gone, I'm going to be sure to remind you and keep stirred up in you the things that I see that God has shown me that are important to you, that ought to be important to you, that are detrimental to you, whether you know it or not. One of those is faith. Faith. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hope. This is kind of different than the hope we're used to. Because our hope looks like this. Oh, I hear the ice cream truck. I hope he comes down my street. Right? That's what we think of when we think of hope. Man, I, I asked for this for my birthday. I hope I get it. Right? I, I, I asked for this from Santa Claus. I hope he brings it. That's our hope is a childlike mentality of hope. In other words, I, I, man, I really, really want it to happen, but I ain't got no idea if it will or not. So I hope it will. Well, that's the wrong kind of hope that we're not talking about that this morning. Now this hope, is blessed assurance. This hope is divine assurance. This hope is a never let you down, never fail you kind of assurance. This, this hope doesn't look like ice cream truck, I hope he comes down my street hope. It's not that kind of hope at all. This is a you can rest assured it's going to be. Blessed assurance. That hope is what we're talking about. That, that's what faith is based upon. It is based upon the full assurance of things hoped for. You can take it to the bank. If God said it, it's going to be. It's going to be. 
God's going to come through every time, time and time again. It is based on the evidence of things unseen. Based on the evidence of things unseen. Luke chapter 17 verse 11. This is, this, is, this is the basis of our hope. This is what blessed assurance looks like. This is what no-lose kind of, because this is faith. Luke 17 verse 11, Now it happened, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was, as they went, they were cleansed. Now it's easy for us to let our minds get to a place where we see this picture of ten men standing afar off and going, Hey Jesus, heal us! And He goes, Okay, you're healed! And they walk off, healed. That's not what happened here. Look at the text. Look at the wording. Ten men, they call out to Him, they were lepers. And they, they said, Please cleanse us. And look at his response. I got to get back up here so I can stay with my focus. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. Go show yourselves to the priests was his response. Why is that important? Where did he say you have been healed? Not yet. Go show yourself to the priest. Now they're fixing to leave from the presence of Jesus. You know, they're, they're out here abandoned. They're out here isolated because they have a disease that is very, very contagious. Right? And they are, they are a spot on society, so society isolates them and puts them out by themselves. There's ten of them in a group, and they're all lepers, and they all got the same disease, so they can't hurt one another, so they just all got together and said, we'll survive together because of the rest of society. Don't want us nowhere around them. Jesus' response to them wanting to be cleansed is, go to the priest. Go show the priest. When they're still standing there, they still lepers. Right? They still got leprosy when they hollering across the street at Jesus. When they turn to take the first step, they are still lepers. They're still lepers. Look at this. In verse 14, so when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priest. They can't. They're lepers. They've been kicked out of town. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. In other words, faith caused them to take a step before they seen any result. Right? 
The blessed assurance of things hoped for when they turn. They knowed it was going to happen. It ain't happened yet. And they're on their way to see the priest. They're going into town. They're lepers. They can't go into town. They're not allowed in town. They're highly contagious and been isolated. But they turn. And as they went, they were healed. On their way, they got the result. That is what faith looks like. The evidence of things not seen. They had not seen any cleansing take place when they turned to go. They had not seen any cleansing take place when they started their trip. It was while they were on their way. Faith is those first 5, 6, 10, 12 steps. Faith is getting started in the direction when there's no evidence that it's even going to happen. Faith is not having it all written down and laid out in front of you so you know the end result. Faith is reacting because Jesus said react. And I believe that He is who He says He is. And I know that if He says it, it's going to happen. If He tells you to do it, He also empowers you to do it. Think of the lame man, lame from birth. And Jesus looks at him and goes, Arise and take your bed. He had every right to look back at Jesus and go, I can't! I'm lame! Right? But he didn't. Because he knew that if Jesus told him to do it, He also empowered him to do it. That's faith. He was still a lame man laying on the bed. He was not healed until he stood up. Do you know how many times the man had tried to stand up? Do you know how many people had walked by and told him today was the day? Do you have any idea how many of his friends had stood him up and let him go and watched him fall? Yet still, faith caused him to make the first step. Faith caused him to respond to what Jesus had said and not look at him and go, I can't, I'm lame. That's faith. Faith is what made the lepers turn and start towards the priests. They were not healed when they turned. They were not healed when they took their first step. They were cleansed on their way. You hear that? That's faith. Faith causes those first few steps to take place. Evidence of things not seen. So how can I be assured that it's going to be there? Back to Hebrews. Verse 2. Hebrews 11, verse 2. For by it, faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, they obtained a good testimony. When we think of, and this is one part of testimony, it's us telling others what's happened in our lives, right? Have you ever thought of your good testimony being what others say of you? That's a part of your testimony as well, is how other people see you. Because you've walked it out in front of them. 
In the examples we have in Hebrews, that's exactly the case. And that's exactly what we're looking at. Look at this. It says in verse 5, By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. His good testimony was that he pleased God. What did we learn earlier about pleasing God that comes in the next sentence? You can't do it without faith. So Enoch had to be a man of faith or he could not have pleased God. I want a good testimony. And a good testimony doesn't mean it's juicy when I stand up here and tell you what God's done in my life. A good testimony is that God looks down upon me and goes, I'm pleased with Him. Right? That's what I want. And the only way I can have that is through faith. And it was through faith that the elders obtained a good testimony. All of these people that is in the remainder of Hebrews chapter 11, it's written out as being the same thing over and over and over. God was pleased with them. That's their good testimony, is God was pleased with them. Look at verse 3. No, I'm sorry. Verse four. No, we done did verse 4. No, we didn't. Only by, I've missed verse 4. My bad. Sometimes when you get up here, your notes say one thing and your mouth says something else. That's kind of what's happened this morning, just to be honest. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. That's a good testimony. That's a good testimony. I'd, I'd like for that to be able to be said about myself someday. Not for prideful reasons, but for the fact of knowing that God was pleased with what I've done. You know, we talked about in Sunday school this morning, I've just recently learned, not learned, been reminded, that God is God and I am not. Which means I don't have as much control as I think I do. I don't. 17 years of marriage, no children. That's just the way it's going to be, right? I got 17 years of reference points to tell me that there ain't going to be none. So we start making plans and planning this and doing financially this and doing that. And then in December, God goes, you ain't God, I am. <laughs> and now I have a 10-year-old reminder in my house every day to remind me that I'm not God. That I don't know as much as I think I do and I'm not near as in control of my own as I think I am. He's in control. He has absolute control. And, 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 and I ain't telling this to, to uh, embarrass anybody in particular that may have long black hair and be about 10 years old. But yesterday was a prime example of that. For the last week or so, I've, all I've heard is about this rodeo and bulls and barrels and nah, nah, nah. Mary, I wouldn't walk across the street to see every horse God ever made. I don't care nothing about them. I don't. I mean, I'm just being honest. I, I'm, you'll never, 
in your life hear the sentence, I think Nick is a horse person. I'm not. I'm not. They have a mind of their own. They do their own thing whether you want them to or not. They go where you want them to when it's their idea. This comes from experience after experience after experience of people trying to convince me that I was a horse person and I should ride them. So therefore, this rodeo thing kind of died out when I was about 18 or 19 years old. You know, I, I, 20 or so, I quit going. I ain't been to one in a long time. Mary, I didn't get home till 11 o'clock last night over a stinking rodeo. <laughs> Have I told you I don't even like rodeos? See, I, I'm not in near as much control as I think I am. Now I find myself doing things and going places that I normally wouldn't. And I had it all planned out and I had it all laid out and, and we, had, we had a great plan. And we, we was going to have this done by this time and this done by this time and all that's out the window. And I'm okay with it, by the way. Because the other side of he's God and I'm not is he knows a whole lot more than I do. A whole lot more than I do. And you know what? To be honest with you, I had a lot of fun last night. I really, I really enjoyed myself and that probably will not be the last one you find me at. Mary, I'm glad you asked. My favorite part was the clown. And I think of all the things that take place in a rodeo, that's the one thing I could do. <laughs> you, you ain't tying me to no bull. I ain't riding no stinking horse, but I can be a clown. I think I could do that. So anyway, I'm going to call Gooby this week and see if he's got any pointers on how to get started. Because she's decided she wants to be a barrel racer, so I must have to be a clown, right? Right. Now we both have a reason to be there. To know and to understand that I'm not in near as much control as I think I am makes me know and understand that there are coming times that I have to walk in this life by faith. In other words, I have to take the first step when the evidence ain't even there. I have to take the first two steps when the evidence ain't even there. But what I'm basing it on is blessed assurance that God's going to do exactly what He said He would do. That if Jesus spoke it for me to do, He also empowered me to do it. He makes it possible for it to happen. Just as we've seen in these examples. Verse 3, and winding down. For by faith we understand that the worlds were... This is one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Stop and think on that for a moment. Anybody in here, you are some kind, you have some kind of creative something about you. I, I'm a mechanic. We like to build things. I like to put things back together, take things and, 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 and that are broken and, and piece them back together and make them gun, run again. Some, some people are, are handy with wood. 
And they, and they build things like shelves and, and cabinets and that kind of stuff. Some people are carpenters who, who come up on a site and clear things off and lay concrete and, and put wood and build a house or build a building. But all of those people have something in common. Before they started building, they went and got materials. If I'm working on a bulldozer and figure out what's broken about it, matter of fact, I've been waiting two weeks on an oil cooler. If I was God, I wouldn't have to wait. I'd just come up with one. If you go to build this building, you first sit down with a materials list and somebody makes a run to the lumber yard or the Home Depot, right? And the things you create are created out of things that already existed. You just put them together to form something. That ain't the way God done it. The things that are seen came from things that were not yet visible. He didn't have a materials list. He didn't have a Home Depot. He didn't have a lumber yard. There was these two scientists. And they had worked and worked and worked and studied and studied and they finally figured out how to create man from dirt. The way God did. So they went before God and they said, Hey, God! And he answered and went, Yeah, because he got a deep voice. You know, like that Freeman guy that plays him and everything. And they said, You know, we figured out how to make man out of dirt just like you did to show you that you're, you're not that really special. That special. You're, you're not. So God says, okay, you've got my attention. I would, I would like to see you make man from dust the way that I did. And the guy reaches down and gets a handful of dirt and God goes, ho, 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 hang on, hang on. And he said, what's the, what's the problem? And God said, use your own dirt. <laughs> you know, because God didn't just make man from the dust. He created the dust too. He, he created things made the things that are seen from things that had never been seen. You know how we believe that? Through faith. Through faith. Blessed assurance. You can rest assured that no matter what you hear from this day forward, that's how it happened. God spoke it and it happened. That's the way it is and we believe that through faith. So if you believe that, you've already shown that you have the ability to understand and trust things based solely on faith. Amen? So if you can conceive in your mind that God formed this creation the way the Bible says He did, then that's faith. That's faith. Now that's you believing based on faith. God wants to see you living based on faith. In other words, those first couple of steps you take before you're cleansed. Because He said He would, right? And that's from the very beginning all the way through maturity in your spiritual walk. You do things based on faith. <clears throat> Last thing. All my Awana's kids are familiar with Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. They better be familiar with it anyway. Right? I need, I need a little bitty amen out of the little people in Awanas. Amen? amen? That was little. That's just the way I planned it. 
And without flipping in your Bibles, you know that this says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, before anything else, when nothing else existed according to Scripture, God created the heavens and the earth without any materials list and without anything else. So if you can believe that, you can read that, understand that, and you can believe that, the only way you can do that is through faith. So you have the ability to understand based solely on faith. You weren't there to see it, right? You can't prove it any way other than pointing at the Scripture that says it. That's faith. It takes faith to believe that. Now that we know and have understood what faith is, where it comes from, and the fact that you do have a little bit of it in you of some shape, form, or fashion, now we've got to learn how to put it into action. And that's what we'll be doing, hopefully, prayerfully, if God don't change things over the next couple of weeks. You never know at my house. I'm ADD, and if God says something different, I'm liable to catch on that and go a different direction. But as of right now, that's the direction we're going. If I could get my praise team headed this way, we're going to have an opportunity um, for you to respond to whatever God has spoke to you this morning. Maybe you're a person that is um, struggling with walking by faith. Maybe you're a person who has struggled with understanding what faith is. Maybe you ain't got nothing to do on your heart this morning to do with faith. Maybe you just came in here with a burden. Maybe you just came in here with a desire to be in this altar and cry out to God. Whatever the case may be, this is the time for that to take place. Our band is going to play. If y'all would stand, and we will sing. We'll sing.